All right, yeah, now, sorry. Thanks. Can you see it? Ah, oh, good. Well, in recovery, how they, was, how they presented it in the program is that it basically is obsession with self. Yes? So the mental state is obsessed with self. What else could it be? Elbow, nothing. So the mental state's obsessed with self, but what humbly was shown to me was that isn't the root of the problem. The root of the problem is identification as a self. And the mental obsessions are being used to reinforce the identification. So if you're all that you think about, then that's going to be a, that can present a lot of sense of being the you that's thought about. Yeah? If all the thoughts are pointing to a you, it's quite easy to fall under the trance that you're that, because all the thoughts are assuming, insinuating, implying, presupposing that you're a body, if you hear it, if you really listen to them. And the only way you can actually be thought about is as a body. Yeah, so when you go, when the mental state goes into the past, it's, it sees you as a body. Yeah? When you're thought about it like an hour ago, you're pictured as a body. There's got to be an object to be thought about. The spirit is an object. Is an object. The only way the only way we can speak about it as a spirit is being referenced as a body. Yeah. So the mental state, the thought system, pictures us as an object. So you can think about it, right? Then it also assumes that it's the subject that is the thinking. Yeah. It's the one that's doing all the thinking. So during the day, it switches a lot. Sometimes you're thought about. Yeah. And then there's a sense sometimes that you're the thinking of everything else. Yeah? So there's subject-object. The mental state is claiming you have both roles. That sometimes you're the thinking of the thoughts, you're the thinker of them, or sometimes you're the object of all the thoughts. So when, you're, when the thought system remembers you, you're remembered as a body. I mean, it's just basic. You'll just see it so clearly. And when it's worrying about you, the you it's worried about is a body. So the thought system holds us as a body. Right there and then, that should be more than enough to really realize that if the GPS that I seem to be following all day pictures me as a body, then something may be quite off, yeah? Because if I'm not a body, that GPS doesn't really know what it's directing. It's assuming it's directing a body, yeah? So this is, for me... Alcoholism is just, it affixes on the identification, and it amplifies it. So let's say a normal person, who what's normal anyway, but a regular person, let's say, is playing like acoustic guitar. If you have alcoholism, it's like an electric guitar. Yes, everything gets amplified. So if you have a little jealousy streak, if you drink, you're up on stalking charges in a couple of months. Yeah, everything gets amplified. It brings out... All of those, what we would call the character defects, yeah? It teases them out. And it underemphasizes the other qualities. So the alcoholism is like an amplifier, almost. Yeah? Whatever's there is going to be amplified. And it likes to play the bass chords, not the treble chords. It likes, likes, it likes to play the anger, the violence, the self-pity, all like that. It's like, it's written tons of songs based on all of that, yeah? So, it, it's sort of like we have a GPS, yeah? Just like a car does. 
And many of us, I believe everyone wants to be happy, joyous, and free. Yeah? But when I was plugging into the GPS that was leading my life, and I plugged in, all right, happy, joyous, and free, Wednesday night, San Francisco. So then it would tell me to go out, cop some coke, go to a bar, drink, try to meet a babe, and then I'd go to 850 Bryant to jail around 12 o'clock at night. Now that to me is a failed system. I punched in, I want to be happy, joyous, and free, and I end up in jail. Now how many times does that happen? Thousands of times. And the whole definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results. Well, we're constantly in the condition of relying on that which is not reliable. And just look at the freaking evidence. And the, and the book says it. The book is very clear. If you read the book, he says it on page 64, no, 67 or something, in the fear inventory, Bill W. says, why are you in so much fear today? And then, then he goes, isn't it because self-reliance has failed us? So if you look at it this way, most people believe fear is a huge cause of a lot of trouble in their life. But what's causing the fear, he just pointed it out, it's self-reliance. So the fear grows in the petri dish of self-reliance. It can't grow on its own. Because the fear we're mostly in, in, right, is in what's not happening. Most people who are flipped out tonight aren't flipped out about tonight. They're flipped out about next week and last week. So there's a whole realm the mental state loves to entertain, and that's what's not happening. And while you're entertaining what's not happening, and you have a firm faith in the system, the thought system, the failed system, that faith in the thoughts about two years from now has the ability to produce an effect right now. Like you'll feel like you have cancer when you don't have cancer. It's powerful, really. Because there was like a, in, if you read the New Testament, Jesus, one of his many miracles, he brought some guy up, dead, Lazarus, back to life. You know, very big miracle in, in the pantheon of miracles. But we're miracle workers all day. We're making shit out of nothing constantly. We are. We're making shit out of nothing. We're making shit out of next week, and there is no next week. Not now. The only place there can be a next week right now is in the thought system. No, not in this room, not on the calendar, not on this city. There is no next Wednesday. But here, now, because when the mental state is happening here now, but it's always about there and then. That's what it's about. So we basically get misplaced, and then we're given an interpretation, truly. So I see a lot of people who were screwed. I wanted, I was sharing this in L.A., I wanted to become a psychiatrist, and I want to specialize on, in what's not happening. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone would sign up for an hour a session, but I knew I could make I could work one day and be I never have to work again. Because they come in and they start bitching about what's not happening in the first minute, I would say, Hey, that's not happening and I'll see you next week. <laughs> I could get about seventy people in before noon and then just quit quit at two. Because really, what are you gonna do with What's not happening unless you see it's not happening? That's the solution. And how are you going to see it's not happening if you're addicted to the thought system? The whole thought system is based, it's, it has no value now because it's happening now and it's all about yesterday and tomorrow. So you can see just by its activity it has no value 
about now. It has tons of value about yesterday and tomorrow. And why? Because you can be thought about yesterday and tomorrow a whole lot more than you can be thought about now. Yeah. <laughs> because you're here. <laughs> but in, in all those, the whole history is revised. I mean, people are living, living on resentments that never fucking happened, basically. <laughs> it's just made up. And then the future, obviously, is not happening. Of course, you have to plan for it, but the planning is in the now. It's not in the future. And any place, that any, any there, <laughs> any here that seems unacceptable, unacceptable, and then there's a mythical there that's made up to just to forget this here. When you arrive at that there, it's here. There's no escape of the basic format. I just, under, I cannot understand why we just are constantly, constantly believing in shit that's impossible. It's impossible to be out of a moment. It's impossible. You are all there is. But this whole idea of let's get into the moment is predicated on the idea that you could be out of the moment, and I say that's an insane idea. You have never not been out of a moment of your own life, ever, nor will you ever be. So this whole, and then we're trying to get out of something, so we're trying to get into something that we're not out of, which is the moment, and we're trying to get out of something that we're not in, which is self. And that's why they say in AA, self cannot get out of self. Why? How? Why can't self get out of self? Because we believe, we don't see that we're identified as a self when we're talking about self. We don't see that that which is talking about self is also self. Yeah? So that cannot get out of that because it's the same thing. <laughs> when you try to get out of self, what tries to get out of self is a sense of self. That's why it says self can't get out of self. It doesn't say self can't get out of self until ten years of purification. No, it says self cannot get out of self. It's an impossibility. And also, why is it an impossibility? Because there's no self to get out of. The experience of being out of self, and if it stabilizes as a state, is you realize you've never been in self. That's how it works. This trying to get out of self as a self is usually very temporary and is com- completely dependent on conditions and circumstances. So maybe you go on a two-week week retreat and in that retreat you're totally taken care of, no phone calls, nothing. And then you feel like you're out of self and then you leave, you get back to your family and you see where you're back up the ass of self. <laughs> there's, never, there's never a solution worth the term of solution. It's all conditional, and it seems like you it seems like you're like the salmon constantly going up the stream against a strong current. It seems it's, it seems it's, you spend more time in self than you do out of self. It's like you need a divine proctologist. You're so up the ass of self, you've got to pay someone to pull you out, but then you then the habit will just throw you right back up. If you see it, the freedom is before the problem. Bondage, the idea of please relieve me of the bondage of self is beautifully stated because if self was a thing, it would be called bondage to self, just like bondage to this chair. I could be handcuffed to this chair, right? But the bondage of self is an activity. It's not a thing. So, 
like they say in Old English, they would say Stephen of Mary. So Mary gave birth to Stephen. Well, bondage is of self. Without the self in place, there is no bondage. There has to be a self to have bondage. It doesn't say it's the bondage isn't producing the sense of self. The sense of self produces the possibility of being bound. So the freedom is prior to the fact that you're a body. The problem is after the fact that you're a body. When you see the fact of you're a body prior to it, it ain't a fact. That's the solution. There's no need to vanquish something that's imaginary. All you do is stand and stay right where you've always been in the seeing of everything. You see all the thoughts, you hear them, that's a form of seeing. Yeah. But when you hear the thoughts, and the thoughts play this little Ulysses siren song, you feel as if you're that which it's singing about. You believe you're a body. And then it goes to such an absurd length that you'll try to become spiritual as a body. Good luck. It's like water and oil trying to mix. It's never going to happen. You're going to graft on spirituality and it'll slough off like crazy. But what would happen if you are a spirit? Wouldn't that be the highest form of maintenance? Being it, instead of trying to know it and practice it and get there. But being it is... See, our whole experience as being awake right now, the consciousness and contact, right? We're seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. It's every one of us, seemingly with no thought or effort. You're not working hard to see, are you? As long as the eyes are fine, you'll see. Yeah? Unless if the ears aren't blocked up, you're going to hear. Totally non-volitional. You're hearing everything before the idea that I heard it comes up. The hearing is the conscious contact. And if you look at it, has it demonstrated any thought or effort to be, be what it is? It's conscious, yeah? Our spirit is awake. We're seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, smelling. It doesn't run out, does it? Do you get a package on Sunday of consciousness, and if you waste it too much by Friday night, you, you, then you go into an inert state until the next package comes, or you didn't pay, pay your consciousness bill and it's shut off. You know what I mean? No. And it demonstrates no thought ever, does it? Ever. Ever. That's the awakeness that we inherently are. Why would you think that thought and effort would get you to that which never demonstrates any thought or effort? If you take yourself to be the body, then your old nature, your true nature, will be seen as something you have to do. If you see that you're not the body, you'll see that all you are is being what you are. The being has no effort or thought. The doing is a lot of effort and thought. If you see you're not this, then the spirit may become obvious as what you are. And then there's the being of the spirit. And being of the spirit is always available at all times, with no requirement necessary to meet it, except the ones you make up, really. Yeah? There's a place to rest, because it has nothing to do with doing and having and not doing and losing. It's being. It's a whole different beast. Yeah? And once you touch upon it, because it's always available, your appropriate response will be to rest. Yeah? You will chill out. And now, that which you were seeking will be that which you are. Therefore, there will be no need to seek for it. Yeah.
Beautiful, really. Truly beautiful. And what it ha- how it affected this little action figure is that entertaining these ideas and having them come to fruition, in a sense, and had become tactile, in a sense, feltness, this has been able to travel lighter for years now over a lot of geography that life has in store for me, life on life's terms. And it didn't give me the great, two, you know, the get-out-of-jail-free card. It didn't change a lot of the destiny of this, but I traveled lighter with what I was in store, which what more do you want, really? And then there's that contentment and that ease and comfort that you can't seem to produce because it doesn't come from production. It comes from recognition of what you are. Contentment grows in the Petri dish of being. Peace and serenity grow in the Petri dish of being, not in the Petri dish of activity, which is selfie. It's simple as that. Yeah. Now you have a different GPS, different maps, and these maps are fucking current. <laughs> They're not from like 1954. Yeah. <laughs> and it won't be playing in your voice. <laughs> That's the failed system. It sounds like you. <laughs> this is this is quite silent. You cut out the whole audio, and then there's just sense feltness, and you just you. It's like AA calls it the higher power. Course in Miracles calls it the Holy Spirit. You can call it whatever you want to call it. But we are up for grabs. We can be directed by the mental state or we can be directed by spirit. Really. That's the two basic options. Yeah? We can be to, we're going to be directed. Either your thought system is going to direct this little action figure or hopefully some other aspect will direct the action figure. And as Jesus says, you'll know the tree by its roots. You will know what's working and what's not working, working by the results. You'll see it in your own freaking life. The mental state is constantly working a huge advertisement campaign, always, always, always promising its delivery will come, but it never fucking shows up. This doesn't say a damn thing, but it directs you. And where it directs you, you recognize that you're present, you recognize that you're available, and then you recognize that you're of service. Not as an action, but as a condition. Yeah. You're not in the back of the house when the, uh, when the package is gone. You're right there. You're not getting gypped any second of the day. You're awake to being awake, instead of being asleep to being awake. Simple as that. The thought system is a huge lullaby. It's like a fable, a fairy story about yesterday and tomorrow. And we swoon under its little... Because it's, it's unbelievable, repetitive, yeah? It's like, Aunt K-Paul is like playing 24-7. And then it has all its archives, which it goes into and puts some golden oldies up to run in your fucking head, yes? And then it has its fun marketing program, which is constantly promising... You, that, that which doesn't seem available will be available if you jump through all these hoops or you do that. Yeah? It's just unbelievable. It's like a form of slavery. This is just about the seeker is the sort. You are what you've been looking for. Not as this, but as what's looking. Yeah? It's true. You are what you're looking for. These great masters like St. Francis, they didn't need to write 800 pages. They said a sentence. What's looking is what you're looking for. Now, how the mental state interprets that 
you and I are looking for what's looking. So we objectify the subjectiveness of spirit, and then we start looking for it as the fake subject. This he's totally short circuits that this that will go on forever. And you'll have large groups that are busily getting together to look for what's looking. They're never gonna fucking find it because they are what's looking. Yeah? Like the great Zen master Hawaiian Po said, Hey bro, I'm gonna save you a whole lot of time. He didn't say it that way, but I'm gonna save you a whole lot of time. You cannot use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. Yeah. So if there's a lot of seeking going on for the Buddha, there must be something in place that is erroneous that you think you're something else other than the Buddha. Because why the hell would the Buddha seek the Buddha? <laughs> it would make no sense. Why would big M mind seek mind, you know, beingness? Why would, why would light seek light? The only way that whole seeking would be relevant would be that you believed you were something other than what you are. That's the whole dilemma here. It's not even a problem because it's a dilemma because you're the solution. Yeah. And when the solution dawns in you, you realize it's just been an activity your whole freaking life. Yeah. We've gotten one stock you know, program, which is alcoholism, and it's so easy if you keep open your ears and eyes just going to meetings, this happened to me, you know, you go in there and you feel so terminally unique, you know, no one understands me, you know? I've done heinous things no one has ever done, no one thinks like I do, and then you're listening to people at meetings who share everything, their thoughts, their feelings, and what they've done in life, and you can only come to two conclusions, how did they get my thoughts, or they're not my thoughts? And if you want to do a sociological study of the, of the recovery community in San Francisco, let's take up 5,000 people, all different ethnicities, all different religions, all different uh, colors, all different intelligent education, and how many of them end up in the free parking spaces of institution jails and death. You've got to see there's one driver driving all the alcoholics. There's one fucking parasitical movement that takes that co convinces the host that it's the host, and now it has the free reins to drive your ass. Watch how many of us end up in a very similar situation. <laughs> it should be there should be they should be seen as clues. There's indications now. If everyone, I, if a large swath of people who I don't like, when I go to Amy's, I do not identify with a lot of the people. I identify with what's taking them over because I've lived under the same tyranny, you know, alcoholism, active addiction. And when they share from there, I can recognize it because hey, that that, that parasite's familiar because it's had been, yeah. So just if you just see. If you took 5,000 people, all different personalities, and, and so many of them end up in the same place, you've got to see there's something that's, that's going on. That there's one host, there's one host, 5,000 hosts, but only one parasite driving most of them. Yeah? It's like, a, it's like an occupation. To me, it was like a parasitical movement. And the in a weird way, the beauty of the parasite is it's such a hostile parasite that if you, if you could see it as a body and it landed on you, you knock it off. No matter, 50 times, you knock it off like that. But the thing is, knowing that, it has the greatest strategy because it convinces the host that it's the host. <laughs> That's what it does. That's the whole thought system all day. You're talking 
as that which it wants you to take yourself to be, as an alcoholic, an active one. You've to- and every time, all of its invitations are masked in the sound of your voice. Yeah? So whatever aspect in your life, when it enters and knocks on the door, and you open the door, you call it me. It all comes in. And you'll die to, to be right about it. That's what's insane. You'll die to be right about it. And if you're lucky, you'll die. Because a parasite is not going to let go of the host. I, I, my first six years of sobriety, I was living in the hate. Yeah? I used to see all these street people drinking. And I'd go back like 20 years later, and they're still fucking alive. You can't kill us. We're like cockroaches. We're, we're almost indestructible. Something, and you never get flus or colds or anything out there. You're like in great health as long as you're totally toxified. Once you get sober, all the shit hits the fans. <laughs> because now the parasitical hold is weakening, and then it gives you the double whammy. You know, and you're going to feel like fucking shit if you leave me. <laughs> when I got sober, the first year I hadn't been sober in so long, it sucked because I had I had introduced a staph infection in my body shooting dope. <laughs> and I'm thinking, if this is sobriety, this fucking sucks. I was near death every day and I had no no way to compare it until I finally the doctors finally figured out you should have died two years ago. You've been walking around with this giant staph infection inside. <laughs> I mean, this is what happens. So if you recognize it. The difference between a thought and my thought is huge. We're all in a big field of thought that nobody's thought whatsoever, but as soon as you believe you're the thinker of it, or the thought about, they become your thoughts, and now they have you. Once you own the thought, the thought owns you. Once you own the feeling, the feeling owns you. Once you own the doing, the doing owns you. That's what happens to you. I've seen it from head to toe. I saw the whole beast. And there's no way out as long as you truly believe you're in. You've got to see you're not in, and that's being out. Yeah? It doesn't give a shit. It will, it will paint all the entrance doors with exit. So you're thinking you're getting out, but you're not getting out of anywhere. It's the same old, same old. There's got to be a solution. How could you be the solution and the problem unless it was identification as a self? If you're identified, identified as a self, you're the problem. If you see through it, you're the solution. That's the only way you can be both. It has to be identification as something that you're not. If there's the identification in place, you're the problem. If it ain't, you're the solution. You give life to both, really. You give life to the problem. It doesn't have a life in its own, of its own. And then you give life to the solution. You're it. You're both. You're everything, really. Yeah? What's looking right now, as the Course in Miracles would say, you and I give everything all the meaning it has. That's what's happening here. You come to this event, this event doesn't override anyone's meaning about it. Everyone's going to have their own experience. We're having subjective interpretation all day. Yeah? Go to the same place, everyone will have a different take on it. Because we override everything. Right behind here is what's real. And as they say in AA, that acronym, false evidence appearing real. False evidence can only appear real to what's real. 
we are reality, and we give reality to false evidence by believing the thoughts that are playing up in there. That's what happens, yes? It's false evidence, never not been false evidence, never will not be false evidence, but it can appear real to us because we're reality. We're the dreaming of this dream. It's a powerful position. Yeah. Thought system wants to picture you as a body, then a world arises and things arise and separation arises and the whole kitten caboodle arises. And then most of us want to get out some way, but we try to get out of that by that which it, the system produced. Yeah? The system produces the self, then you want to get out of the system as a self. Doesn't work, yeah? So we have a way of life and recovery, and because it's incredible because people can get sober, but it's difficult to stay sober. Why? Because time happens. Yeah. So you may feel great today, tomorrow morning you may feel terrible. The conditions change. The parasite gets stronger or weaker based on conditions. Yeah. So we need a way of life, but we are the illuminating factor to the way of life. Yeah. AA will allow the light to be teased out of us, just like the parasite teases out of us a lot of character effects. The way of life of AA will tease out the light, yeah? By doing service and stuff like that, you'll get a sense of, really, you have it by giving it away. Yeah? You'll have that feeling. Everything that ever been said in that book, I have an intimate sense of. All the expressions or the descriptions of the problem and all of the descriptions of the byproducts of the solution. Every last bit of it. And my favorite is, there's a point that the problem will not exist for you anymore. And that's a damn good solution. Especially if it was such a dominant influence for that influence. So how could, you know, the day it hit me, sobriety, it says, you know, no human power can relieve us of this. And in my experience, that was a fact. My mother wanted it to end. I wanted it to end. The state wanted it to end. People who didn't like me want it to end. No human power could produce. Two years into Lancy Street, didn't produce it. Three months in Project Return, getting run over twice in one night, didn't produce it. Overdosing many times, being shot at. None of that produced it. And it was just a regular day at the office, just trying to survive. Then something happened, and that urge, that nuclear isotope of that drive to fucking escape was removed, and has never come back. And I've never had a thought or a feeling about getting loaded, ever. And you know, man, when the thought system is going off, you need skillful means to deal with it. But if you have no thought about the topic that used to kill you, that's a fucking solution. And I haven't for 28 years, ever. <laughs> so there's nothing to fight or to work on because the urge was removed completely. What more demonstration do you want that there's a power greater than us that's at work here? And why not take the advice that they said? Hey, listen, this power can do for you what you can't do for yourself. Why not expand the circle of what you can't do for yourself? Throw it in there. If you recognize you're not managerial quality, but you're going to be led, I'd much rather be led by the spirit than the mental state. 
And again, I'm not here to change. I'm under review. I'm under change. That's what AA does. It puts you in a position to be worked on, not by your mental state, by the spirit. Yes? Simple as that. So the faith gets dismissed. It says it in the fear thing. It says, perhaps there is a better way. And it's really rooted in this, trusting something infinite rather than finite self. That's the whole point. Yeah? Finite self. What is finite self? The body. And the thoughts all about the body. That's the finite self. Stop trusting that and trust something infinite. And in the mittens of surrender in AA, you realize you can't do that, so you surrender to the program for it to happen, for it to be done to you. And it does it to you. You switch, you move from a failed system to a working system. <clears throat> and it, it says it in the inventory again, being convinced that self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. That's it's the diagnosis. Yeah. Self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. We're the us. And then there's this movement, this mental parasite, this foreign installment, whatever you want to call it. That self is different than us. And self manifests in various ways is what has defeated us. If you're convinced of that, we all look at its self's manifestations. So self's manifestations are resentments, fear, and harming, harm done to other people. We keep calling them ours, but basically they're manifestations of self in one's life. Yeah. You don't have you don't you don't have resentments. Resentments have you, basically. You don't have fear, fear has you. When fear is dominant, it's having you. Yeah? When resentment is active, it's having you. You're not having it. That's the insanity of selfing. It's constantly saying it owns shit that it has nothing to do with. Resentments have you. Anger has you. You do not have anger. These things arise, and if there's no defense against them, they will take you over quite easily. And if they keep taking you over quite easily, you're going to be led to a drink, because you're going to want some fucking real relief. And the only real relief you can get is immediate getting loaded, and yet it's not relief at all. And even resentment means the refeel. That, that talks all about time, isn't it? So when I refeel something, I'm not really experiencing what's happening. What's happening is triggering a re-experiencing, yeah? Well, my feeling is everything is re. Resentment, rethinking, refeeling, redoing. It's all rooted in the past. And it just duplicates itself to be worried about as a future, really. It's like living an in interpretation instead of living life. There's a great master, Ramana Maharshi, said, there's only two vehicles, self-inquiry or surrender. Now, I think most of our, most of us, the entrance is surrender and recovery. You know, because really we're not managerial quality, and the problem resides in the mind. And when you stop drinking, 
the real activity of mental state continues, which is managing and control. It's playing God, yeah? So we have to surrender. But the point is, we can't surrender and think it's be done because we're already occupied by the parasites, so we have to make a decision to turn our will and life over to care because we don't have any power to actually commit to that yet because it's been usurped. And then five through, or what, four through nine of the program changes, transfers the power because now a bigger power is introduced into your life. So the little dog that was playing the big dog, when it sees the real big dog, it rolls over. So the parasite rolls over, and now, after four through nine, that's what infuses the third step with life. Yeah? That decision now has life, because now you have power. Power is moving through you. Yeah? That's the beauty of it. And so the third step is you realize, hey, I'm not managerial quality. Not. I spent two years in Delancey Street, two years lived here, 8th and Fulton. And I didn't like them when I left, I didn't like the prince, the president or anything, but I had to begrudgingly admit that my life was better with them running it than it ever did with me running it. So I was very clear that <laughs> I'm not managerial quality. So I was very happy to, to, to turn my will and life over to the care of a higher power because I'd seen what had happened when it was in the mental state's power. But I needed that interventionist, which is, is brought about by 4 through 9. Yeah. Then 10, 11, 12, and then the rest of my life, surrender is a living event, but it could never have been fueled unless I did the other stuff. Because how are you going to surrender a life that doesn't seem to be yours at the moment? If alcoholism has you, it's not your life, is it? You're doing tons of shit against your will all day. You need to bring in a power greater than it. To me, that's surrender. see you're not your thoughts, like we talk, we talk about the pause in recovery. There's a great story in one of the stories about a guy who was sober, then he's going to go back out, and when he decides to go back out, it goes like this, a thought occurred to me. <laughs> I would imagine every jackpot you've ever been in, a thought occurred to you prior to the jackpot. <laughs> we need... We, it's not wise to start your life from thought. It would be very wise to live your life from pause, yeah? Right now, what is preceding a thought is a thought. The thought of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. But what really precedes all thought is the pause, or our own spirit, yeah? That's what gives us the space between thoughts. Us. We're not a thought, we're not a body. So my head constantly, all day, says turn left. And, you know, even a broken clock is correct twice a day. So every once in a while I will turn left, but basically most of the time I'm not being dictated or led by thought. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> you lose interest in what's happening. 
<laughs> all that stuff. So it's like all the stuff in AA. They're not things we do. You do the steps and their effects. You know what I mean? Like it says, cease, it doesn't go, cease fighting everyone and anything. It's talking about a result. Something has shifted and now you're not fighting anyone or anything. The way the mental state hears it, it's like an order. I've got to do that. No, it's an effect. You've been affected. You've stayed on the operating table of AA. You haven't played doctor. You haven't gotten up, and things are going much better. <laughs> That's how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> None of it's in order at all. These are effects. The mind shifts, and now you understand serenity and no peace. That's what happens. Yeah. It's not no, there's no doing involved in it at all, and there's no having involved in it. It's just available. When you're available, you cannot believe how much stuff is available that we used to be seeking for. Because you are what you've been looking for. Yeah, you are the peace. That's why it says, enjoy peace of mind. Peace is of mind, just like bondage is of self. Yeah? Big M mind. You know, big M meaning everything. Peace is of that. If that is available, then peace is available. And if you're not addicted to time, then you'll be able to enjoy it. Because most people who are addicted to time, if there's peace, they immediately start worrying, will there be peace tomorrow? That's not peace. Yeah, that is not peace. Peace is a different quality, a totally different quality. No thought or effort, you're not doing anything to get peace. <laughs> it's just available, because you're available. Yeah, yeah, so... In spite of yourself, you are that. <laughs> it doesn't matter what the head says. It can't change the fact. You are awake all day. You can seem to be asleep to that. And the whole word, they use it in the forward in the big book. It says, we are a hundred men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. So seemingly means it appears to be true or false to you. So when we're in one condition, the hopeless state of mind and body is a hopeless state of mind and body. When you enter recovery, you now see it as a seemingly hopeless state of mind, body. It's gonna, it either appears to be true or false to me. Now that I'm recovering, it's not appearing to be true anymore. So now it's a seeming, it's a hope, it's not a hopeless state of mind and body. Yeah? Seemingly is the whole key here. Everything is seemingly so here. You know, like we go in AA, you had the idea that the worst thing that ever happened to you was the night you got pulled over by the cops. But now you realize that that triggered you going AA, and two years later you're seeing it as the best thing that ever happened to you. What was it? It was neither. You gave it all the meaning in hand. All day. That's all that's happening here. You and I are dreaming this dream. Like it or not. The mental state will dream it in, it will be, it'll have its own dreaming in the dreaming. And it's fucked. <laughs> because you're always going to be waiting for something that's never going to arrive. You're always going to be waiting. If the mental state was a, like a furniture store, it, it would have gone on the business like the first day. It promises you tons of shit and it never delivers, does it? It's a failed system. What do you expect from a failed system? If you turn it on, it's going to misdirect. 
If you remove your light from it, it just talks. That's all it does. It has no final vote. It's like it's like uh, it's got one chair in the in the boardroom. It's got a very 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 minor vote. <laughs> Something else runs the show, and I bet you you'll be the better for it, and so will others because it's a win-win inclusive type of view. Yeah. So, yes, yes, we're done. I think. I guess yes. It's funny, you know. It's the hardest audiences that I talk to are recovered people. And I thought they would be the most open, in a sense, when I first uh, entertained this. Usually they can tell me, so like this. And it's so funny, this is off the thing. We fall under the 